the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM 970 presents Eye on Real Estate. This is your premier source for real estate information. From the hot properties in the tri-state to the latest in real estate market trends. From mortgage news to answers to all of your real estate questions, you'll be in the know with help from the experts. Call now, 866-970-9622. 866-970-9622. Now, here's your host for Eye on Real Estate, Douglas Elements Vice Chair, Dottie Herman. Herman, and you're listening to Eye on Real Estate. We are the only talk radio show that is all about real estate and all the millions of things that have to do with real estate, which is this, and this news arcade is still just about everything. Um, we would love to hear from you, so please call us or give us a, a call at 866-970-9622. That's 866-970-9622. Um, Ace will not be with us. But I'd love to uh, thank and tell Citizens Bank, thank you for sponsoring us. And it's the bank that was founded to help citizens and regular people like you and me, not just big corporations. Last year, Citizens Bank was the third largest lender in the Northeast. You can easily find out more information at citizens.com, or you can call them 24 hours a day, seven days a week, no matter what time in the morning you'd like. At 1-800-922, that's 9999. That's 1-800-922-9999. And again, thank you, citizens, for your support. And, um, of course, we have Stephen Ebert, who specializes in real estate law, both residential and commercial. And Stephen is a partner at Cassin Cassin LLP. Good morning, Stephen. Okay, and if you have any legal questions, you can call us at this number, 866, again, 970-9622. Today, I'm so thrilled. We really have a very special very special guest today. Um, my first guest is Michael Harrison, um, who has served as the editor and publisher of Talkers, the leading trade publication in the American talk media industry for the past 31 years. In that capacity, he has become widely recognized as one of America's leading authorities on radio, communications, and public opinion, as it is expressed in the media, as well as being director of the annual Talkers Convention held in New York City for the past 24 years, which I attended and it was great. Um, Michael is a graduate of Hofstra University. He is a chartered inductee in the Hofstra Radio Hall of Fame and sits on the University Lawrence Herbert School's Comp. Of communications dean's advisory board. He is by all means a pioneer and innovator in both talk and rock radio, as well as being a driving force in the industry's trade publication field. He has been on the air personally and program director at some of the biggest and most legendary stations in New York, Los Angeles, San Diego, and Boston. And of course, I can't keep on saying enough, because I could write this book. He's been nationally syndicated as a radio personality. As, 
at one time or another by most of the major networks since the 1970s and currently hosts a national weekly radio show, The Michael Harrison Rap, heard on more than 70 news talk stations across the U.S. and U.K. And if you haven't heard it, you should. His award-winning podcast, The Michael Harrison Interview, is one of the most popular among those covering news media um, in the broadcasting industry. And so and I also consider him a friend. So we're going to have him on as the first guest. And at 11 o'clock, we'll be joined by Brock Pierce. And Brock is an he's an entrepreneur, a philanthropist, an activist. He's a former childhood actor and a dad. Not content to reserve his talents for the silver screen, he soon became a major power player on the world stage, building a highly successful career in the tech industry before devoting his life to serving others. And as co-founder of Blockchain Capital, Pierce co-developed security tokens offerings, which are called SPOs. And he's a pioneer in blockchain and digital currency. And he helped create the first initial coin offerings. Now, I don't know about you, um, but I really am trying to get my arms around really understanding uh, what, what, what he does and digital currency so, um, and blockchains. And, and it's really, um, I guess for me, it's, it's, been, it's been a journey. I, I've had the pleasure to see um, last week, and I really had him really again come on and try to explain it because it, it for some of us, it's hard to get your arms around it. Um, he's become the world's, Brock has become the world's most traded cryptocurrency, uh, and he actually his trading volume exceeds $10 trillion, in which Pierce was responsible for putting the U.S. dollar on the blockchain in 2014. So he's really big, and um, He's going to come on and try to give us uh, a little bit more about cryptocurrency because up until now, very few people, I mean, people say, can you buy a home with cryptocurrency? And very many people, really, not very many people did, but now I'm starting to see it happen here and there. So it's something we all want to get our our arms around and know more about um, because I think it's with us to stay. So with that, I would love to talk, Michael, how are you this morning? I'm great. I'm really looking forward to the second hour of the show because that uh, you're not the only one uh, who has trouble wrapping their arms or, in, in, in my case, wrapping my brain around <laughs> cryptocurrency. And I think, I think that um, the, the truth in that is that whatever the new economic situations or tools or instruments or laws are, it plays a role – in real estate because it really is important for people to be involved in real estate from at least a level of some education uh, like any field that requires knowledge and a degree of luck and and reading changing signs it's very important to know the latest methods and I suspect I don't know for sure I'm, I'm the, the jury's out but I, I suspect that this cryptocurrency and blockchain situation is something that one way or the other is going to become a, a, an important part of how we exchange money and make deals going forward so I, I'm looking forward to that but I'm fine and it's great to be with you I, I'm a longtime fan of yours Dottie and um, I'm so glad that we've uh, gotten to know each other in the past year and um, I was looking forward to being your guest I'm honored to be on the show. I'm thrilled that you're on. I really am. I think it's a real treat for myself and our audience. And I was just saying to someone, oh, 
I'm so sad. And they said, why? I said, well, because summer is coming to an end. And um, it, was, it was a great summer. And then I thought about it. And I was actually looked up because I wasn't really sure, I, I, you know, when summer officially ends. And I kind of looked up, when does summer officially end this year? And it officially ends September 22nd. Yeah, and everybody yeah. really thinks of the end of the summer when the kids go back to school or close to when the kids get back to school. Uh, or in the Hamptons at the Hampton Classics, which is next week, when that happens at the end of the summer. When the actual date of the end of the summer is really September 22nd. But I think it goes back to our school days, you know, when we had to go back to school or the summer was over. Oh yeah, like or, or Sunday nights when the weekend is over. That yes. I, I still, I still, whenever I think of the Ed Sullivan Show, I think about a certain level of sadness and depression that would overtake me because Sunday nights, you know, where we said you have to go back to, to school on Monday, and um, the end of summer, of course, uh, for those of us who remember um, those wonderful, long, lazy days, you know, going to Jones Beach or Coney Island, <laughs> you know, it was it was sad going back to school. But, you know, it's interesting yeah. you mentioned, yeah, the 20th of September. We're, we're, we're out of sync with the actual dates of the seasons and the cultural implications and the psychology of the seasons. And now with climate change, whether you believe in it or not, it's becoming even more messy. So uh, I think the whole idea of seasons, I think we're going through a transition in terms of how we deal with them uh, culturally. And um, it's interesting you bring that up because I would suspect, I mean, you're the expert certainly more than I am. I would suspect seasons, how we approach seasons, whether it's down in Florida, they call it the season, which is the winter. Um, I think seasonal changes in attitudes do affect the psychology of real estate. Um, would you agree? I do. And I, I you know, I, I try to, and again, no one can ever predict maybe, you know, the future um, other than maybe the man upstairs. So, you know, I tell people, especially our listeners, hey, when you're hearing people project what they think is going to happen, this is based on trends and numbers and things that happened in the past. And so now that we're looking, and I was with a bunch of friends, and of course I'm sad, at, you know, I'm out in the Hamptons, and so a lot of people are here just for the summer, but most of them are trying to stay and not go back for a while. And what's happening, and I kind of look at trends and see, as horrible as the pandemic, I, I say was, and I probably shouldn't say was, because I think still is, and I think you know, in my opinion, is it's going to be kind of like a flu thing where it doesn't go away and you can boost the shots every year. It's really, if you step back and think about, and I guess it was probably Michael March of last year when they shut everything down, and all of a sudden, you know, we all said, well, you know, this will probably last a couple of weeks. No one's expecting it to last as long as it did. And I try to look at, you know, for every bad thing that happened, something good thing happened. And how it really made people have to step back. And we were all running, 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 running. You know, it's like fast-paced work, run, take care of kids, well, you know, you know, be a good spouse, go to the PTA meetings, um, do extra time at work. And it's just so quick. And then all of a sudden, the world just stopped. And we yeah. were all forced to stop. Yes, yes. And how did that affect us all? And, we'll, and, and, and that pause that made us all just stop. I think 
has made a lot of people change in certain ways. Uh, I was having a conversation last night with people who were talking to me and said, well, you know, you appreciate your family, you appreciate your, your, your friends, your health. But if you don't have your health, you have nothing. And I'm looking at the way people want to work now, and I'm finding that people are saying, well, you know, we don't want to be isolated. Like, we never want to not communicate with a worker again. We, you know, face-to-face interaction is great. But I'm looking at most people saying, hey, you know what, some combination of working at home and working in the office is better than working in the office every day. You're absolutely right. Uh, Dottie, what what you're talking about is the very heart of the major shift, the, the, the sea change, if you will, that's going on in our society today. This was a change that was already underway before the pandemic began. This has been going on for 10 or 15 years. There's been a migration toward integrating home work and home life. And um, obviously the implications are profound in terms of real estate. But the pandemic, and we still are in the pandemic, and you're, ap- you're, you're totally right about pointing that out. This is not going away, and it's not going to go away quickly. It's going to fade away, and we'll get used to it, and hopefully we'll overcome it. But the, the trends that it has impacted, uh, the trend toward uh, hyper-communications, Zoom, meetings, working at home, now hybrid working at an office and working at home, uh, different dynamic in terms of raising children, different dynamic of how children go to school, uh, the, the, the family dynamic is changing. This is having a, a profound impact on everything accelerating faster. So it's almost as if uh, March of 2020 was 15 years ago in terms of had this pandemic not happened. We've been pushed forward in terms of the evolution of technology. And with that evolution, it's changing the nature of architecture. It's changing the nature of home design, that extra room, something that might have been a guest room at one time is now being looked at as a workspace um, where the children play, uh, how the children uh, have their own rooms. Um, The whole nature of home design is changing. And I would imagine, again, you're the expert, but I would imagine observing this from an an anthropological uh, perspective that this pandemic has made great changes that will be with us for a long time in terms of how we approach our houses and our homes. Yes, I, I, you know, I have to tell you, as I said, if you go back in March, I don't, I, I'm not sure what we thought, but we certainly, uh, we weren't able to show anything, and you were, we had a lockdown, and somehow through Zoom and through technology, which you virtually can see a home, like 3D, you can walk through it, you can actually feel the walls. And virtually, then you can see the streets, because I always tell somebody, I always said, hey, you know what? Never buy something without seeing it, because you, you want to see not only the home, but you want to see the streets and the area. And you can do that all virtually. And I guess everyone in every profession got as efficient as they can. And now even the doctors, uh, you know, for something that's minor, you can do this virtual, you know? And, yes. And like, who needs to go to the office? Who wants to go to the office if you don't have to? So mm-hmm. I think it's changed. And we are in all the real estate industry across the country um, has grown, um, has been so busy uh, because it's made the home 
so much. The home was always important. And, you know, Michael, I remember in, I think, 2007, 2008, when, you know, we were in a horrible recession and the banks, people were taking the money out of the banks. And and I I, I remember saying, you know, I, oh, and then I remember reading articles saying the American dream is dead. And the millennials, which are the largest buying population at this moment in time for everything, um, they're not going to buy homes because they saw now that their parents lost money on their homes. And in actuality, I remember being on this show saying that the American dream is always going to be alive and well. And that the reason a lot of people lost money was they took so much equity out of their homes. But, you know, in other words, equity became like, oh, you know, my, you know, your, your home, was, you bought it for 500000 and it's worth 700 And let's assume you pay off the mortgage. You have two hundred. You have a lot of equity there. And that's great because, you know, it's, you spend all that money. It's not doing anything for you. But you have to be careful how much you take out of it. And so a lot of people took too much money out or and then had to then had to in a bad time sell at the wrong time, but yeah, um, yeah. but it, but over time, if you look at real estate, if you buy right, and that's why we do the show also to try to educate people because I tell everyone, hey, knowledge is power. Totally. And, you know, you know, and I do it myself. There's many times I just don't have the time. But I think that, you know, for most people, real estate is probably one of the largest investments they'll make in a lifetime. And you should know as much as you can about that. And you should know as much as you can about financing and the different ways. Because a lot of people don't take advantage of things that they don't know about. And there's so much to know about today. (laughs) No doubt about it. But, you know, the whole point that um, the real estate will probably be um, the biggest investment of your lifetime is the key to the whole thing. And, you know, I often hear in conversations about real estate that there's a difference between buying real estate that you want to live in and buying real estate that you're looking at as a, um, an investment, you know, to, to rent out or, or you're buying it to, uh, just to enjoy its appreciation and you worry later about how you operate it. The fact of the matter is there's a middle ground that even if you're buying a, biz, a, a real estate, a piece of real estate, a condo, a co-op, uh, a single family house uh, and you plan to live in it and live in it forever. This is my home. This is not a business investment, blah, blah, blah. It's still a business investment because you never know what life will bring. You never know if you're going to want to move. You never know if you're going to have to pass it on to your children. Um, and uh, there is, you never know if you're going to have to refinance. And uh, yes, uh, Uneducated refinancing is something to, to avoid at all costs. You don't want to get yourself into a hole and destroy your investment. But a house as a place to park money for intelligent refinancing can also be a business tool that you use in navigating change. So um, no matter what getting into a piece of real estate is, whether it's for your personal lifestyle or pure business investment, no matter what, it's still a business investment. Would you agree? Absolutely, and 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 it's something that everybody can talk about. I mean, I know that wherever I go, everyone's like, "Oh, Daddy, what, what should I buy now? Should I buy in Florida? Should I stay in New York? Should or the, or the price?" Everybody, no matter who they are, no matter how much money they make or they don't make, everyone cares about real estate. It's something that's like I call it a universal uh, language almost. Would you mind, Michael? I would just want to 
I will I digress for one moment and ask you because I'm so impressed with what you do. And you know, I I I was telling people say how I got into radio, and I was uh, you know didn't really know. I mean, I listened to radio, but I never thought I'd actually do it. And then you know, I think it was Jerry Crowley called and said, you know, you'd be great on radio. I think I was, I was John like, Wiley and Sons Inc. in Hoboken, New Jersey, seeks a senior data engineer, manager, data analytics, and insights who will be responsible for driving code and code quality, pipeline design, data modeling, and best practices for implementation of high-quality, fully automated CI/CD-enabled pipelines into the enterprise data lake on the cloud, among other duties. Qualified applicants must possess a bachelor's degree or equivalent in computer science or related, plus seven years' experience in job offered or related positions. Interested candidates should apply by mail to Wendy Graham, John Wiley & Sons, Inc., 111 River Street, Hoboken, New Jersey, 07030, and reference job 22151-RS. Again, apply by mail to Wendy Graham, John Wiley & Sons, Inc., 111 River Street, Hoboken, New Jersey, 07030, and reference job 22151-RS. JWS is an equal opportunity employer. We evaluate qualified applicants without regard to race, color, religion, sex, sexual orientation, gender identity, national origin, disability, veteran status, or other legally protected characteristics. Tell me why Relief Factor is so successful in lowering or eliminating pain. I'm often asked that question. Pete and Seth Talbot, the father and son founders of Relief Factor, tell me they believe our bodies were designed to heal. That's right, designed to heal, and now I agree. The doctors who formulated Relief Factor for Pete and Seth selected the four best ingredients, 100% drug-free ingredients that each help your body deal with inflammation. That's correct. Each of the four ingredients deal with inflammation on a different method. Metabolic pathway. That right there. Approaching your pain from four different angles may very well be why so many Americans find such wonderful pain relief. If you have back pain, shoulder, neck, hip, knee, or foot pain from exercise or even just getting older, you must order the three-week quick start now. Discount it to only $19.95 to see if it will work for you too. I think it could. Give your body what it needs to heal itself. Go to relieffactor.com, call 800 500 relieffactor.com. Your business is ready for a reboot, a recharge. The way our companies operate has changed. Adapting to the changes hasn't been easy, but never more important to succeed. Many of the digital resources available have helped overcome obstacles your business is facing. But are you using the full potential of every one of them? That's where Salem Surround can help. Your business needs to use digital tools more than ever to stay in touch with customers, making buying decisions right now and for the future. Will they consider or even know about you? The marketing team at Salem Surround gives you the tools needed to stand out and be visible to current and potential customers online right now looking for what you do. We'll design a plan that targets and surrounds customers with proven marketing strategies. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your marketing plan and see how we can help place your advertising message in front of today's consumers. Learn more at surroundnewyork.com. Surroundnewyork.com. Connecting you with new customers. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. It's Dr. Lederman talking about prostate cancer. Your PSA went from 3 to 4 to 6. Correct. And then all of a sudden it jumped to 60. It was a shock to me. That's when I called Radio Surgery New York. Your office is a whole nother world. You immediately took this whole thing into your own hands beyond efficient. Did you ever have a doubt that we weren't working for your benefit? Not for one second. And you knew that you had a cancer of the prostate that was aggressive and went to lymph nodes. 
and we put together a plan to try to get this terrible cancer under control, right? It was just like you say, no pain, no cutting, no bleeding. It was so easy. No side effects, no nothing. Just perfect. What was your PSA this week? 0.02. Wow. For more prostate cancer information, call Dr. Lederman. Two and two choices. Two and two choices. Most insurances, Medicare, Medicaid accepted. 1384 Broadway. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elliman's Vice Chair, Dottie Herman. Hi, we're back. You're listening to I on Real Estate. I'm here with Steve Ebert, our, our actual uh, legal eagle, and um, our special guest, uh, Michael Harrison, um, who has a long history of broadcasting. And Michael, right before the break, I was wanting to ask you how did you get how did you start to get involved in radio? Has you what did, how did you get involved to begin with? In radio, I I was yeah. always is that what you asked me because it was the, the line was a bit distorted. Did you ask me how did I get involved in radio? Yes, yes. Okay, I um I was I grew up on Long Island. I come from New York. I was born in Brooklyn and. Um, uh, spent a lot of my childhood in Brooklyn and um, my my younger days on Long Island and um, wound up um, as a kid growing up listening to the great New York radio stations uh, of the 50s and 60s and loved it and uh, was always very theatrical. So I found it to be a, a wonderful theater of the mind, knew all the DJs, followed the music. And to make a long story short, I went to Hofstra University. I know you went to Adelphi, and uh, I was at Hofstra. They had a, they had a great radio uh, department. And um, I wound up getting into radio that way and, and started my career on Long Island, um, was involved at WLIR, uh, and was an instrumental in turning it into a, a pop cultural station, a rock station, and wound up broadcasting in New York. Some of the um, some of the New York listeners uh, to um, to this radio station may remember me. Recently, I was involved in a show that was on the station called A Touch of Grey with Carol Marks, which was aimed at uh, boomers. Um, but um, I go all the way back to WNEWFM in the 70s where um, I hosted the morning show, and that was a great station. And um, I've always just loved radio, and uh, to this day, I find, I find radio is a great platform to be able to talk about every subject in the world, the, the way you and I are tying media today into, into real estate. So that's my story. Yeah, and it's even, I think, uh, better in the sense that today you can, you can kind of listen to it at any time you want. Yes, and that's the on-demand aspect. Years ago, I mean, I, you know, you can, you know, if you miss a part of a show or say you can't, you can't listen to it for some reason, you can, you know, you can get it anytime you want. And I think, you know, that's a wonderful thing that today we're all able to kind of get what we want when we want it. It's a very big part of today's culture, and it's not just in radio. How about television? Do you remember when, if you wanted to watch one of your favorite TV shows, you had to wait till Thursday night at 7 o'clock or 8 o'clock, and, and that was the appointment, and if you missed it, you had to wait till summer reruns? I mean, it was you really had very limited uh, freedom and options in terms of choosing your menu. Now, with... Um, you know, these these streaming channels like Netflix, you can watch an entire season of a TV show going all the way back to the 80s and uh, pick and choose which episode you want, when you want to see it. You can binge. You could watch it, um, 
you know, uh, you know, uh, leisurely, and bringing that back to real estate, uh, the home theater, the fact that people have. Um, the option to be so entertained, first-run movies are now in theaters and streaming. That's a remarkable evolution in terms of media. And where are you going to be streaming? You're going to be streaming at home. So a lot of people are, are building rooms around the, what we used to call the TV set. <laughs> and, of course, radio fits right in there, and so does audio. It's fascinating. Yeah, it's really a, a fascinating change that I I, I, again, I think uh, probably from the pandemic. I mean, I was not a big television. Uh, I I would watch maybe because I I'm an insomniac. I can't sleep, so I, you know, at night I put on CNN and then I put on you know MSNBC and then I put on Fox and here everyone have a completely different version of the same story. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that'll keep you awake. You have to watch. You got to. You got to watch some of the fun stuff, Dottie, uh, as well. Otherwise, you'll be awake all night uh, and have anxiety if you watch all those networks no, with the news. But as I was saying, then, but that's really what I. That's kind of only what I watched then. But then, when the pandemic came, then I was I was finding myself binging and watching a whole series, like I think it was billions, billionaires or billions, or you know, a whole season, and it just kept me busy because. I remember doing the first Zoom during the pandemic and saying, oh, my God, we're talking to people and we're seeing people that we haven't really been seeing. So um, I think with media and with real estate, I think it's maybe even bigger and better. And again, because a lot of people are not going back to the offices the way they did, that really allows people to live a little bit further away from the hub. Mm-hmm. You know, absolutely. Thing. So people, you know, so you're you're seeing people um, be able to move out further um, and not have to be in the city. So everyone asks me, so what what does that mean for cities? And I think it just means people have more choices because yeah. uh, the cities are always going to be cities, and people want to be in cities. And then there are people that rather not. Right, but it's important. It's important when people buy a home, uh, considering this trend that you're talking about, and this trend is not going to change. It's going to become even more pronounced. It's very important when you buy a home to be consider to consider how close is it to public transportation. How close is your home to a uh, to the Long Island Railroad or to Metro North? Uh, how close is your home to the airport or to an airport? Um, because these, uh, or even to the interstate, how how far are you from an interstate entrance or exit? Um, these uh, bear upon your lifestyle and your ability to get out of the city while still being connected to a city. We don't, you don't want to be in a place where they don't have electricity and they don't have running water. Well, those are profound uh, examples. You want to be able to get to New York. You want to be able to get to Boston, to Philadelphia, to, to the nearby city without having to live in it. And, re- and um, public transportation is a very important part of it. The other thing the pandemic has, has uh, created an awareness in, in people that applies to real estate is being close to good health care, especially emergency Healthcare facilities. Are you near a good hospital? Are you near uh, a place that's civilized enough to have these new urgent care uh, establishments that are popping up everywhere? This also applies to 
where you choose to buy a home, looking ahead not only for the convenience of living there, but for its resale value. And so, Michael, where have you you you've lived um, in many places, and so yes. you've lived, you know, on Long Island, which is where I grew up, um, mm-hmm. and then I. Um, had moved into the city. Um, you know, I had gone to the city a lot when I was a kid because there was all the clubs around the city and everything of that nature, but I actually didn't live there. And um, then I moved into the city all oh, about 12 years ago, 13 years ago, when um, I you know, became the CEO of Douglas Feldman, and I, I said, I have to be here. I just can't, you know, I mean, there's a difference in commuting. I, I First of all, I, I couldn't do the commute every day. It was just too much. I didn't feel like and so I first started off with like a small Pierre Chair, thinking, you know, I'll I'll be on Long Island sometimes, and but you know, I I can come in and stay and, and be part of the community because I really think that businesses in general, um, and real estate especially, but I think when somebody just walks into and opens up a business, that's one thing. But at least for my business, every place that I've opened up in, I've become part of that community. I've gotten to know the people. I've gotten to go to the merchants and go to the local things. And, and people like to do business with people they know and people they feel safe with. So right. I, I thought that was important. So but when I first moved into the city, I was, oh, my God, I I need green. I grew up on Long Island. There's yeah. no green. Well, kids like us who grew up on Long Island, New York was very exotic. We would we'd make trips into New York on the Long Island Railroad and, and go to the village and see, you know, uh, music or, or, or go to Coney Island. And that was a wow. That was a great place for a kid. Um, but New York, growing up on Long Island, New, we had this weird relationship with New York. And um, then eventually getting older and going back into New York and living there, that was a big deal. Uh, huge. And, and I guess only kids that grow up in the suburb of a major metro area understand that syndrome, particularly the relationship between Long Island kids and Manhattan. Tremendous uh, provocative relationship that will always be part of my makeup, having done that as a kid. Well, I have fond memories, but I, 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 I remember going to the city and I said, oh, where are you from? And I'm like, well, Long Island. They're like, well, you dress nicely. Like, where do you get your clothes? And I said, well, you know, Gotta look a little far, but I mean, I said, "What are you kidding me?" There's some of the best shops in the, you know, the Americana Shopping Center, which every designer is right next door to each other. And I remember, uh, you know, and I said, "And you know, they have some of the best restaurants." So we really had many of the amenities. But as you said, going to the city was going into the city, and I'm kind of a combination. I think that it's, the city's great. But I think it's nice to see green and space, and I, you know, and I could never live in like a place that wasn't somewhere within an hour away from the beach. Because growing up on Long Island, as you did, hey, Dottie, um, let's talk more about that after the break, which is coming up. Okay. Hi, this is Joan Herman, host of Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life's Conversations with Joan. Each week, I delve into the minds of some of the most inspirational and influential people in the world. From health and wellness, to professional development, to personal well-being, changemakers join me to provide the tools needed for personal and professional growth, improved health and well-being, and self-empowerment. 
Conversations with Joan connects the dots between mind, body, soul, and spirit. Start your week on a positive note. Tune in to Conversations with Joan every Sunday night at 10 p.m. right here on AM 970 The Answer. If you miss a show, you can listen to it across all major podcast networks. To learn more about Conversations with Joan or the Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life brand, visit CYACYL.com. That's CYACYL.com. As you know, our friend Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of your life. He didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. Now Mike has done it again by introducing his new My Slippers. Mike has taken over two years to develop. My Slippers are designed to wear indoor and out all day long, made with My Pillow foam and impact gel to help prevent fatigue, made with quality leather suede. For a limited time, Mike is offering 50% off his new My Slippers. The My Slippers are so comfortable that you'll want to get some for the whole family 800-651-0798 use that promo code joe p or go to mypillow.com click on the radio listener square and use the promo code joe p you will also get deep discounts on all my pillow products including the giza dream bed sheets the my pillow mattress topper and my pillow towel sets 800-651-0798 promo code joe p Balance of Nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule, changing the world one life at a time. I think this stuff works. I don't seem to have the highs and the lows. You know how sometimes you get real slow and low during the day? And I'm a type A guy, so I go a lot. And I'm more alert, and it seems like I don't seem to feel famished. And it's not very expensive. And the idea of having that freeze-dried or that nutrient in that capsule... And who's going to eat all those vegetables? You know, most of us don't eat right anyway. So whatever the science behind this, I think Donald the Nature is a great idea. And I'm going to probably stay with it until I drop. Get a wide variety of all your daily recommended servings of whole fruits and vegetables without having to leave your home. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 1-800-2468-751 or go to balanceofnature.com and use discount code THEANSWER. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Your business is ready for a reboot, a recharge. The way our companies operate has changed. The changes haven't been easy, but there's help. The marketing team at Salem Surround gives you the tools needed to stand out and be visible to current and potential customers online right now looking for what you do. We can design a plan that targets potential customers with proven marketing strategies. Learn more at surroundnewyork.com. Surroundnewyork.com. Connecting you with new customers. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elliman's Vice Chair, Dottie Herman. We're back, and I'm here with my special guest, Michael Harrison, who has a long history of broadcasting, and he's like kind of the guru of talk radio, in my opinion. And I'm Dottie Herman, um, I'm, you know, I think it's 10 years of doing this show, and so I love to talk about real estate and everything that has to do with real estate, which, again, it's not only the home that you live in, it's, as Michael was talking before the break, it's where it is, 
is it close to where you work? And I always suggest, you know, go back to your point, Michael. I would suggest that when you look at something, then you should take a drive or however you're going to commute to work and just take take that ride and make sure that you see how long it is or isn't. Um, and, you know, I, I find that I've been very fortunate because I love real estate. I love to launch. I love it. And, and I've gotten to meet so many people because, as again, with this commercial real estate, which is less personal, it's really more about numbers and, and whether those numbers make sense. Whereas when somebody's living in something and they're going to put their family and they're going to live in it, whether they're sellers or buying, it does become personal. Yeah, and it is. It is you really know people in a very different way. And I've gotten to know so many people uh, in a very special way because their home is, is their castle, regardless of where it is. Mm-hmm. And I remember during 9-11 that parents, the people would call me and say, gee, um, can you find me something big or something? Because I want to be close to my kids. Or, right. you know, people wanted to feel, or they wanted to go to that restaurant where they recognize the people. People feel safe uh, around people they know. And as far as, you know, history being right and wrong, when they said that nobody's ever buying real estate because of what happened prior to, like, 2007, well, that's so totally true because the millennials are so into having real estate. It's unbelievable. And as I said, we got into trouble probably because of the financing where people were able to call in and just say, well, how much money do you make, Michael? Well, Michael said, well, let me say, I'll tell you, I think I would have state that I make $3 million a year. And as long as your credit was good, they did not check that income. Yeah, well, that was that led to disaster. That type of thing leads to disaster, and it's and it's right. a lesson. It's a lesson everybody should learn. You should, even if you can get a mortgage, you shouldn't get yourself into a situation that uh, you cannot that you cannot carry. Uh, and and we have to be honest with ourselves when we when we get into situations like that, because um, fortunately, right now they're not just handing out mortgages to anybody. You know, they, they've always been. Remember the old uh, balloon payment? Eh, we'll get oh, you into yes, the house. Yes. Yes, that, was I do. A, that was a disaster for people, the balloon payment, um, because they figured, you know, 10 years from now, I'll worry about it in 10 years. Well, 10 years goes fast. Yeah, that yeah. for those of you who don't know, that was where you paid, you know, so much per month, probably less. And then, like, in a ten, 10 years, then you have to pay the rest of it all off at once. And Right. Yeah. I remember Michael buying my first home, and I think the interest rate was 16%, okay? And I was wow. like, oh, my God, so I took a... An adjustable rate mortgage, which was like a five-year adjustable, which adjusted every five years, and I got it for like 11%. And I was oh, wow, I just got an 11% mortgage. And I don't think people realize, especially if you have a lived long time, the interest rates are at the low, they're at historical low rates. Right. And, and, and you know what, Dottie, Dottie I, I, the, the um, economists say that the mortgage rates, I think that right now the average is about – 2.89%, which is historically right. low, and it's holding at that. Uh, now, you can't, you can't be sure, but right now it seems that based on the trend that um, it, it, month after month after month in this particular period, the 2.89% um, or, or 2.87 maybe percent, I'm not sure of that little detail, has been holding steady, which is a pretty good time to uh, get a mortgage. A good time to get a mortgage, and I, and I tell people, if 
if you're thinking, if you're saying, oh, so, you know, I think I'm going to sell my home and move uh, to someplace in the next couple of years, uh, maybe I would kind of look now because you never know. I mean, it looks, everything looks like it's holding. And um, I've looked at all the predictions for the next year for 2022 and all look pretty favorable that mortgage, the interest rates should stay low and mm-hmm. that, you know, everything should be good in real estate. But like you said, one never knows, and you cannot time things perfectly anyway. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, it's a good time if you were going to sell to sell now because that interest rate is, is low, and, and that means people can really afford to borrow more. Right. Um, so actually, buy- actually, it's, it's one of those rare times right now where it's both a good time to buy and a good time to sell, yes. which doesn't happen often. But would you agree that compared to other times in history, this is a good time for both the buyer and the seller? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, actually, you know, prices across the country increased like by 8.6%. And that's like national. That's a whole national number. And mm-hmm. um, they're saying that the market, I mean, if you read, and again, depending on what you read and what you listen to, they all say something a little different. Um, but they're saying that the, the market is starting to cool. Now, when they say that, you have to know what they're comparing it to. Okay. And exactly. Exactly. It's, to be, it's a, still a very strong housing market. Uh, demand is going to be well in excess of supply because, again, that's what makes a buyer's and a seller's market. So mm-hmm. right now we're in a seller's market because there are more people wanting to buy than there is inventory. And this is not, this is all over the country. Correct. Correct. But, um, but that mortgage rate being stable, the, the thing that's making it a seller's market uh, means it's easier for people to buy right now. It's kind of funny that the, the, the relationship between the seller's market and the buyer's market is a, kind of a nuanced one, and um, the more people understand that relationship, the better they can make a quick decision on whether to get in or get out, and right now is a great time to get in and get out, depending upon why you want to do that. You want to grab a home, you want to, you want to build something for the future, or you want to downsize. You want to get out of an area. You want to move. Uh, you know, A lot of people are facing retirement, and they, they don't want to live in that big house anymore where they raised their children. So uh, there's reason from both sides right now in terms of yes they say it's a seller's market but it's also um, a, there's a reason it's a seller's market because it's a great time to buy uh, you know I don't, I don't mean to be too psychological about it but it, it does come down to psychology by the way I understand um, along the same lines of what we're talking about that the new statistics are out and that in spite of the disaster that happened down in Florida that oceanfront condos and um, properties are continuing to hold steady and even go up in value, that um, there was the fear that uh, it was going to destroy the condo market, uh, what happened um, in, in South Florida, the disaster. And uh, so far, statistically, that has not come true, which I guess is a, is a good thing, would you say? Well, it is. And, Michael, you, you're from Long Island originally, so you know. Um, when we had the hurricane on Long Island, and, and I would have the media would call me and say, well, because Long Beach was kind of wiped out, and, and, and thanks to this radio show, actually, honest, for those of you who were listening to me that long ago, but um, a man called in, and I, I, I broadcast, I begged them to let me broadcast, even though there was nothing, just to give emergency numbers 
And I had a list of any of my offices that had electricity that you could go in and charge the phone and get some coffee. And a man called in and said, I have a helicopter company. He said, and I'm going to give you and donate pilots and helicopters for the next three days. Um, And I'll never forget it. He just called in, and that's what he did. And we had pickups, and we had clothes and food, and we picked up and we spent uh, three days of using his helicopter, directing and sending uh, clothes to, to areas that were wiped out. And on Long Island, there were some areas, especially like Long Beach or places on the South Shore that were by the water. Actually, I don't think the Hamptons got hit that hard that time, but where people said, the press would say, well, then people are never going to buy by the water again. And I yeah. said, that's not true. And to your point, Michael, people who love water and love the ocean and love that, um, you know, it might persuade maybe a few. That's a risk that people will, will always have to take if they live close to the ocean. And, of course, they're doing more things to do setbacks. But yeah. I find that water from property is probably bigger than ever. Well, it, 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 the statistics indicate that. And uh, look, I, I own a condo along the beach in Florida, and I wrestle with that all the time. On beautiful, sunny days when the hurricane season is far away, you go, oh, <laughs> this is great. And then when the hurricane season comes, why am I here? I'm going to get out of here. And as soon as the weather gets nice again, you go, I know why I'm here. It's worth the risk. A lot of people are adventurers. There are people that live in mountaintops. There are, you know, when I first moved out to California, you asked me earlier, where have I lived? I've lived in San Diego. I've lived in L.A. I've lived in South Florida. I've lived in Manhattan. I've lived on Long Island. I, I've had places in Boston. I, one of the things my career has given me the opportunity to uh, to get around. And um, um, one of the things that I was amazed at when I first moved to, to Los Angeles was that people would build homes on the sides of mountains held up on stilts. On stilts, you'd walk in the living room and you would feel the floor shake because it it had nothing under it. It didn't have a foundation. I say, who the hell would live in a place like that? And there were people that said, yeah, we know it's dangerous with mudslides and earthquakes, but boy, that view is fantastic, and I'll take my chances. Isn't that interesting? See? And was there any particular place, since you lived so many different places, was there any favorite or... Uh, or I loved you know, San Diego. I, I, yeah, all the places I've lived have something special. There's there's nothing like living in Manhattan when it's clicking, and there's nothing worse than living in Manhattan when it's sour. And the politics and sociology of Manhattan, the pendulum swings from great to terrible to great to terrible. Right now, we're 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 hopefully swinging into another. Uh, opportunity for it eventually to be great again. It's always a good bet. But Manhattan is one of the most interesting places to live. But I enjoyed living, and, and Florida is great. I enjoyed living uh, early in my career. I, I wound up getting a job in San Diego. And one of the lessons I learned from San Diego, which is one of the most beautiful cities in the world, was that there's this very um, exclusive community just north of San Diego called La Jolla, which in Spanish means the the jewel. And I think back, I was in my um, early 20s, and I didn't know anything. Back to knowledge is power. I could have bought a condo on the beach in La Jolla 
for under $20,000, condos that are selling for millions today, and had no knowledge of how to do it, what to do, and all that. And we always say to ourselves, I wish I knew now what I knew then. I wish I knew then what I know now. And I'm always wondering in my life, where are the new La Jolla's? Where are the places, not that I'm going to live forever, but you know, what are the opportunities that we don't see because we're only focused on this week and not five years from now. And those are the places you really want to keep your eye on. That was the lesson I learned from living in San Diego. That certainly is a good lesson. And uh, I share that love with you because the first time I went to La Jolla, I thought I was in, um, I don't know, I thought I was like in a, a haven. I'm really beautiful. Uh, it reminds me a little bit of the Hamptons, but, um, you know, it was fine restaurants and great people and just beautiful as um, mm-hmm. San Diego is just and I and I and I had friends that had big real estate companies um, in La Jolla, and I would go there and speak, and and I'd go there of course when it was cold in the winter and speak for all of their agents, and then they would come to New York when they wanted to come to New York. They wanted to come in the cold when it was winter because um, they didn't want to experience snow. But that's a that's a that's a beautiful place and. Um, there's so many different places now that are popping up. But right. again, you know, you have to kind of do homework, and it depends on the job that you have, uh, and it depends on whether you have to be mo- you can be mobile or not. But I think, again, it looks to me as as trends that less and less people will have to be in the office as much, which will mm-hmm. give people probably a larger, you know, more of an opportunity to live in places that they like best. Yeah, well, I, I know we're coming to the end of the hour, and, and I, I do want to say one thing as, as an expert on radio, not on real estate, that what you're doing with this radio show, Dottie, is extremely important because people people tend to absorb the audio message. The radio is very influential, and because real estate is so important in people's lives, uh, a, a radio show like this and a personality like you with your background and your ability to communicate and connect with people, I think that... Um, um, in, in, in the days to come, uh, the work that you're doing on the radio, and I know you've been doing it for more than a decade, uh, is good for radio as well as good for the public. And I, I congratulate you on the, the incredible work that you're doing. And thank you so much. I feel it's an honor. I really do for you to have come on my show. And um, I'll take every tip I can get from you. I think that you are phenomenal in what you do. And I think that, uh, as I tell everyone, you you have to, if you're going to be great at something, and I consider you great in what you do, and I think I'm pretty great at what I do, you have to have passion for it. And you can well, feel your passion for the radio. Music, the, and- the, the music is playing. I look forward to the next hour to learn about cryptocurrency with your guest, and I'll talk to you again soon. Thank you, Dottie. Okay. Thanks, Michael. Have a great weekend. I can't hear it. You're gonna. Eye on Real Estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank NA. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.